0: I wonder if they can hear it on Long Island. 2 on 0, Wiley <laughs> it. Great save by, by Anderson. Riley. Riley stayed onside. The late man Matthews. Great move. What a goal. <laughs> beauty, Austin Matthews. Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Time into the net. Scores. He took fast down. And his shot wrapped into the corner. Here we go, episode two of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Ken Stapon, joined by Brendan McCarthy after a disappointing one nothing defeat for the Toronto Maple Leafs at the hand of the Columbus Blue Jackets in the play on round for the Stanley Cup Finals. And BMAC, I think a lot of Leafs Nation is stunned tonight as the Maple Leafs were the heavy favorites coming into this series.
1: Yeah, Kenny, I mean, you can't beat watching hockey on August long weekend. I mean, typically no we're kidding. watching a, a meaningless Argos game or the Jays wrapping up their series in the Bronx. But, I mean, you know, we know the Jackets' style of play, a very rugged offense, and they just did a really effective job of shutting down the Leafs' top guns. Zach Rensky and Seth Jones in particular, I mean, just driving Matthews crazy, and it, it showed. And that definitely needs to be... A spot of improvement, the Leafs needing more and more star power and more of their, their top guns engage because this was just, you know, a, a Blue Jackets team that just grinded a high octane offense into the ground all night and gave them no space whatsoever.
0: For me, this effort tonight or the result of this game tonight just gives... Credence to everybody who's criticized the Maple Leafs for the way that they've constructed their team over the last few seasons here going speed and skill and offensive prowess first over the grit the physicality the defensive sound play and Columbus is the opposite of that with much less star power on offense especially in their top top nine I mean Pierre-Luc Dubois I thought had an amazing game tonight but outside of that on paper they aren't even close to the talent level of Toronto but they were able to shut it down tonight. And that's the style of play that's come to be successful in the playoffs and why Toronto has been criticized for their roster construction. And it showed tonight in that first game, getting shut out one, nothing. And really, I didn't think Toronto had a whole ton of great offensive possessions or chances on Carposalo.
1: No, I I agree. Especially after, I mean, I think it was a pretty structurally sound game on both ends until Atkinson finally broke the ice. And then the Leafs kind of just, didn't really have a sustained attack after that, especially from their second line, Ilya Mikheyev, Marner, and, and Tavares. That's supposed to be one of their key, key lines. I found Marner had a had a pretty pretty quiet performance, and they're going to need Mitch to definitely step up his game for, for game two because he was very, very flat.
0: Yeah, any time that Justin Hall seems to be getting may, many more offensive opportunities and shots than Mitch Marner – I feel like that's going to be a big problem for the Toronto Maple Leafs offense if you're trying to get some sustained pressure and put some pucks in the net. I mean, the big takeaway for me for the game tonight was the play of Giannis Carposalo, his first playoff game in his career, and he's able to get the shutout against a high-octane Maple Leafs offense. He looked calm and composed in net and really made John Tortorella look good for going with him over Vermeer's Lincolns when there was a little bit of goaltending controversy, perhaps not in the room, in the press earlier on in the week. He looked
1: very, very strong and poised in that. And considering, as you said, you know, the Jackets coaching staff were flip-flopping between Merzlikens, fresh off that two-year deal, and Corpus Allo, who has now kind of just stepped in into that starting role because the Jackets really have two backup goaltenders, whereas the Leafs can always turn to Freddie, bar- barring any injuries. But this was a fantastic performance from, from Corpus Allo. And he made some incredible saves, in particular the one off Matthews point blank, flashing the leather. He he was he was incredible. Definitely my top performer tonight.
0: Yeah, 28 saves on the night for Corpusallo, and I didn't think that there was a whole lot of extraordinary tests. But sometimes those mundane shots, as we saw in the goal from Atkinson, are the ones that go in. So Tavares, I thought, had a couple shots from outside that you know could have been a challenge to him. Matthews obviously had the best opportunity of the game for the Maple Leafs when he got found right in the slot there and Corpus was able to snatch it with his glove. I mean, this is a tremendous performance, calm, cool, composed, and we know that that Columbus defense is going to get sucked down into the house, as they call it, just right in front of the net and make the other team shoot from outside. They were able to do that effectively tonight, limiting the shooting lanes that Toronto Maple Leafs were able to get, and they were rewarded with a zero on the score sheet.
1: You talk about you know, a, a very pretty depleted team compared to the Leafs on paper, but you know Warensky and, and Jones were shouldering a lot of the load playing on the on the top pair together. I thought and they, they were outstanding did, tonight they They did an extremely good job of just you know creating opportunities offensively. They were shutting down Matthews, Marner, everybody laying they flattened like everybody. I mean, the Leafs, I'm not expecting them to be as tenacious and, you know, ferocious, flying around, laying the body out, but they, they did not push back, which is a big problem because, you know, if, if, you're not, if you're not going to at least engage a little bit post-whistle, then sorry, good luck. You're going to lose any momentum because you can't just rely on, on skill, especially if you're trying to make a deeper run.
0: The only player on Toronto that I really saw get involved like that was Morgan Riley when he sort of got Bjorkstrand in the headlock there was just saying, was good. You know, yeah, don't come in front of the net. Don't go for those extracurriculars because you're not going to get away with it. I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm more physical than you. Outside from that, I thought the physical play for the Toronto Maple Leafs was extremely lacking tonight. Not that they're a team that's known from their physicality, but even out of that fourth line, I mean, you didn't really get any strong contributions out of Gauthier, Clifford, and Spezza, which is supposed to be the checking line for this team.
1: Absolutely. I thought Clifford wasn't really present as much as he could have been. And of course, that, that fourth line might be juggled around. Pierre Angball might get a shot uh, over Frederick Goche, which maybe we could see as early as game two, Kenny. I'm not really sure. But Kyle Clifford brought in midseason with Jack Campbell, and he was supposed to provide that, you know, sandpaper element to the game. I know Kapanen was kind of providing that feistiness in the second period, but there needs to be consistent physical uh, engagement from the Leafs. Nothing like compared to a blue style or a Bruin style, because we know the Leafs don't have that. They, they don't have that as, as their prominent uh, piece about their team. It's, but they need, to, they need to be able to push back because the, the Jackets are just going to grind out them on the ice and they're going to grind out wins like tonight, 2 nothing or one goal games, which they've done probably 20 plus times in
0: the regular season. Well, the fourth line on average tonight was just around three and a half minutes of ice time for the three of them. So obviously Sheldon Keefe not liking that matchup early and getting away from it and just rolling with his top three lines for the majority of the game. Austin Matthews, the clubhouse leader for forwards with 24 minutes tonight. Actually, he was the top among all skaters. I thought Morgan Riley might be up there. Nylander also logging pretty close to 22 minutes. So Sheldon Keefe riding his big horses. The second takeaway for me tonight as Columbus simply came as advertised. I mean, everybody was t- making a big to-do about the physicality of this team, about the forecheck of this team, and how they like to wear you down below the goal line. You know, they're hard in on the check. They separate you off the puck, and they create opportunities that way. They're so good in the defensive zone of creating the counterattack off the rush and getting their defense involved in that. I thought Wierenski in particular had an outstanding game offensively. He hit the bar. I think it was in the second period that could have easily been in. Jones, on the other hand, I thought the lackluster offensive game, but his physicality felt on the defensive end of the ice and was giving Austin Matthews headaches all game. And the pair of them just facilitated the play that John Tortorella has made the identity of this team and made it a real difficult task for the Toronto Maple Leafs to play against tonight.
1: Wierenski in particular, too. I mean, there, there was a point um, after the fact, after a hit on Matthews, where they were jawing at each other, hacking at one another. Former teammates, of course, but that's that's what Wierenski needs to do. I mean, I'm sure Tortorella pregame was like, just drive him nuts all yeah. night. Do not give him any space. And he did exactly what he was told and did a really effective job of it.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be the crux for this team because you know that you're going to be seeing – 25, 26 minutes of that top pairing for Columbus. Really, they were looking for them out there anytime that Austin Matthews was on the ice. They ate up about 26, 27 minutes of ice time tonight, and they're going to make it real tough to play against, particularly Austin Matthews, who it seems is going to get the brunt of the work against them. I think that puts a lot of, more of the offensive stress on the Tavares line. If they're going to be away from them, I think Marner and Tavares need to be better creating. I thought McKay have had a decent game tonight, but the whole line just needs to be able to be a little bit more creative in the offensive zone and generate some more scoring opportunities. Because I thought for what, what their reputation is and what they've been able to do, they were very quiet tonight.
1: And maybe that'll lead Sheldon Keefe to perhaps juggle up the lines a little bit. Maybe Nick Robertson, the youngster, will get a chance on the second line. He had actually a very, very clutch chance early on in the first. Uh, Corpus Allen made a really nice pad save. Just the sixth player ever to make his debut in the playoffs at 18 years of age or younger. So pretty incredible feat for the kid. And he had an unreal chance at the beginning as well. So maybe he will get a chance and get rewarded and play in the play in the top six, mix things up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think they said the last player to make their debut at 18 in the Stanley Cup playoffs is Jerome Gunla. they said on the broadcast, which that's pretty good company for Robertson. You wouldn't be complaining about that.
1: Pretty good company indeed. A guy who uh, led the OHL in points. And maybe this is just the spark that the Leafs need and a, a really a, a chance for Robertson
0: to, to shine early. This pretty much leads into the third point. The Toronto offense getting shut out tonight, I think, is an unacceptable precedent for this Maple Leafs team based off the way that they've been built. You know, if Kyle Dubas is going to preach, you know, skill over size, if they're going to preach, you know, finesse over physicality. Then they have to be able to cash in, particularly with the man advantage, to go up one nothing, to go up 2 nothing. And I thought tonight, they were just pretty flat, to be quite frank. The really the best scoring opportunity for them was Matthews in the slot. Outside of that, I thought it was kind of a lackluster performance. I
1: thought as well, Kenny, that they almost were trying to be too cute at points when they had grade-A scoring chances. Kapanen, who's the fastest player on the team, hands down, had a clear break, and he tried to drop back and look for the pass. But in that situation, I'm going, why don't you just dart to the net and just shoot at that speed? He's done it before. He's got a couple of shorthanded goals this season. It's uh, it's imperative that, yes, we know how lethal their offense is, but it's imperative that they – capitalize on the chances and not get too cutesy with it.
0: Yeah. I think that ties into something that we were talking about last pod, how sometimes you need to be able to create offense, particularly on the power play by generating shots from the point. I thought tonight Sheldon Keefe had given the green light to a lot of their defenders to really get involved in the four check. I saw Justin Hall, multiple occasions getting down low below the hash marks, trying to generate a little bit of scoring opportunity I think that sort of gives the Columbus defense a little bit of a different look when you get that defense come, defenseman coming down the wing into the rush. You know, you have to sort of get out of the front of the net to cover him. I just didn't think that they were really able to effectively execute that game plan tonight and one nothing, John Tortorella because this is exactly what he was able to do to John Cooper and Tampa Bay a season ago, frustrate them, outcoach them, and Sheldon Keith just didn't have the answers for the team tonight. And the big stars didn't have the answers for what Columbus was throwing at them tonight. I'm
1: tipping my cap, tipping my cap to, to John Tortorella. I mean, I had said this in the last pod too. He's basically is putting out a bunch of role players and this team, remember 19 players remain from the team that swept the president's trophy winning lightning last year. Of course they lost the three big studs and, they are playing the same game, and this is a team that will run through the wall of Tortorella, and it's kind of a different coaching mindset than Keefe. Of course, Keefe can relate to his players maybe a little bit more with the younger guys, but this is, this is a team that will pretty much do anything for Tortorella, and, and it clearly is evident that they really, really respect this man, and it showed tonight in a big 2 nothing win.
0: This is the matchup that everybody's been talking about. The young up-and-comer Sheldon Keefe versus the old savvy veteran John Tortorella. How many playoff series has this guy been in? I thought tonight he was just able to adjust from what the Maple Leafs were trying to do in the first period where they were able to actually outshoot Columbus to then the second and third period where I thought the game really transitioned and Columbus was really able to control the play against the Toronto Maple Leafs and get in deep on the pox, get you know physical down low, and really just limit the space for Toronto to create any sort of opportunity. I just thought it was a sloppy, sloppy effort for Toronto at times in this game, Uh, particularly on the defensive end. I mean, Cody CeCe, a pair of penalties, I don't necessarily blame him on the first one, but the second one was a pretty egregious trip, and you're only as strong as your weakest link on the back end. I didn't like his game very much at all tonight.
1: I didn't like CeCe's game. I was actually watching um, this game with a Sens fan, and he turned to me and said, that's why we got rid of CeCe. Yep. And that was – I agree with you. The first one mm, could have gone either way, but the second one was a clear trip and just a sloppy, sloppy mistake from CeCe. And he'll definitely need a tune-up before game two.
0: I think another area that the Leafs need to improve upon after this game is the turnovers. It seems more often than not, they weren't sort of making the easy play in their defensive zone and sort of chip it up the right. boards and make the support pass – to help them break out efficiently the way that they've done so successfully all year. And that's when you get into trouble against a team like Columbus who gets in there tight. They cause the turnover and then they catch you when your pants are around your ankles and you aren't structured defensively to get some good scoring opportunities. Uh, One unsung hero for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, well, a pair. I thought Travis Dermott on defense had a fabulous game. I thought that he was physical. I thought that he was making smart decisions with the puck. He was making nice crisp passes all over the ice. and then. The other guy, the goaltender, Freddie Anderson, an amazing performance from him. He'd like to have the Atkinson one back, but there were a number of saves that he made throughout the game to keep the Maple Leafs in this game, or it could have easily gotten out of hand, particularly on some of those breakaways he had to stop.
1: That was a tough goal to give up, stick side underneath the blocker. Not really an intimidating shot because Anderson did have a a pretty
0: remarkable game. (laughs) It's tough to match a 28-save shutout no matter how well you play, and that unfortunately was the case for Anderson tonight. He let in the one soft one he'd like to have back from Atkinson, and that was the difference in the game as the netminder at the other end was perfect, and that brings us to our new segment, The Three Stars. And now it's time for The Three Stars. Shooting stars, you know what that means. The three stars of the game. The segment became famous on Maple Leafs game night on TSN 1050, making its debut appearance. I have a feeling this one might be heavily weighted outside of Toronto, but you have the floor. Who was your third star this evening?
1: I'm going to go with Zach Renski as my third star. Again, just did a fantastic job. Had chances offensively, hit the post, and did an incredible job of, shutting down Matthews my second star would be Wierenski's D partner Seth Jones who was very sound defensively not that many chances chance on the power play but not as many chances offensively as his as his partner Wierenski but very sound defensively drove Matthews nuts all game and of course my first star has to be the netminder Jonas Corpusalo. all jackets Kenny all jackets
0: yeah well we didn't talk about this beforehand but Mine's actually pretty similar. For the third star, I actually cheated a little bit because it's our segment, so we can do whatever we want. I actually put the pairing (laughs) of Wierenski and Jones in at the third star. I thought both of them were equally impressive in different areas of the ice. I thought Wierenski did an excellent job. So, Wierenski slash Jones. Yeah, Wierenski slash Jones as the tandem. I thought that Wierenski, on the offensive side of the puck, was very creative tonight. He was jumping in on the rush. He was getting his forwards, the puck in dangerous areas. I thought he had a couple of good opportunities to create on the power play. Just a really nice performance. He had that one post, which could have easily been a goal, the opening goal of the contest. Really nice game for him. As for his partner, Seth Jones, and I should mention, as I did earlier, both of them logging almost 26 minutes in this game. I thought Jones was just a huge pain in the ass. He was physical. He was in Matthew's face. This guy can skate. He's got the size. I mean, He's going to be a Norris Trophy winner at some point in his career. It just hasn't happened for him yet. And he showed exactly why tonight, frustrating the top line of the Toronto Maple Leafs all night. And Austin Matthews better get used to that matchup, especially in Game 3 when Columbus has the last change, because it's not going to get, be getting away from that one if Torres has anything to say about it. Uh, the second star, for me as well, Cam Atkinson, only goal of the game. People forget that this guy was a 40-goal scorer just a year ago, a little bit of a rough season this year. I think he only had eight or nine goals on the shortened season. So he's a little bit snake bitten versus his career numbers. He's probably somewhere in the middle of both of those in his career, but he's one of the most offensively talented players on this Columbus Blue Jackets offense. And he was able to cash in on an opportunity that looked relatively harmless, a shot from outside, but good positioning, low and away on Anderson, just squeezed it right between that blocker and it was able to trickle in for the only goal of the game and ultimately the game winner. And the first star, very obvious, the goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Jonas Corposalo. I mean, a shutout in his first ever playoff game. I think we said he had, what, 28 saves on the evening against a potent Maple Leafs offense. I thought particularly on the power play, he did a good job of controlling his rebounds and not giving the Maple Leafs second opportunities. And although he wasn't tested to the same magnitude that Freddie was tested at the other way, or at least with the quality of scoring chances. I thought that he was solid in net, and it was a really nice performance from him. Give credence to the coach for why you decided to put him in net in the first place. Just so the listeners know, we hadn't talked about that beforehand. That's just the way that panned out. No Maple Leafs in your three stars this evening either, BMAC. You do realize this is a Maple Leaf podcast, right?
1: I was searching, searching for one, but tonight it, I give it all to the jackets. I I didn't think. I, I agree. I thought Dermot was the best defenseman tonight. In, in terms of the forward, I I don't have a, a, I don't have a top forward for the Leafs that would even be in in contention to make a third star tonight. They're going to have to to refine a few things and make sure they they have their top six in particular ready to go for Game Two if they want to try and take down this rugged Blue Jackets team.
0: Speaking of game two, let's talk about game two, which is going on Tuesday night. What do the Maple Leafs have to do? I mean, do they shuffle the lineup? I would assume that you'll probably see Engvall in for Gautier after they got pretty much no playing time tonight. And then for Nick Robertson, how about him? Does he still crack the lineup or is he the guy that gets the boot for Pierre Engvall? Because I thought that that line had some good flashes, But they're going to need to do a little bit more to create some secondary scoring for this team, particularly if the big guys are struggling.
1: Well, considering that the first penalty wasn't called until a minute to go in the first, I think the Leafs first need to be engaged a little bit more physically and engaged more on the cycle because there's a lot of times where the Jackets were hemming the Leafs in their own zone and not hitting the puck on net, but just. Around, around, around. This is like the dull, boring hockey that the Jackets play, but it's effective. So, in saying that, the Leafs need to be engaged and keeping up with these guys as best as they can to draw penalties more because you know how lethal their power play is. And once they get more opportunities on the PP, look out.
0: I think another key for the Maple Leafs is going to be trying to find some matchups that are going to work a little bit better for them than the matchups tonight. I mean... Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think he could have just as easily snuck into our three stars as well. I really loved his game tonight. Two-way checking Matthews the whole way. I thought they had some really nice scoring opportunities, the breakaway early on in the first period, and then, then he was creating after that. I think he was the one that fed the puck to Bjorkstrand as well in front of the net where Freddie Anderson was able to rob him. And they're going to need to figure out some matchups that are going to work against this tight-checking Columbus team where they're go- they can find some space and they can find some time to create and maybe figure out a way to get some of those Blue Jackets out from in front of the net because they seem quite content just to park it down there, collapse, protect, keep the shots from outside, and then when you get close enough, just come and smack you against the boards as hard as they can and take the puck and go the other way.
1: I think we'll see a more feisty, vibrant bunch uh, on Tuesday, and maybe that begins with a fight early on. Just to, just to get the momentum in their favor. But something needs to be done. I mean, they have a guy who can scrap in Kyle Clifford. Maybe you throw him on early, takes on a guy like Nick Foligno or somebody, and just kind of, you know, insert that energy back into the Leafs lineup.
0: I wonder if we'll see a little bit more of the line shuffling from Sheldon Keith. Because tonight he seemed to sort of stick with, you know, the top six, top nine that he had set out at the beginning of the game. I expected that with Marner struggling a little bit, with Matthews struggling a little bit, with Nylander and Tavares, those guys weren't really cooking, Then maybe you flip things around there. Maybe you get Nylander going back with Tavares. Maybe you get Marner going with Matthews. Even if it's just for the odd shift or two to give it a little bit of a different wrinkle, maybe he feels that he wants those lines to get the chemistry established, and it's early on to be playing the mix and match game. But in a circumstance like this where you've got nothing going offensively, you, you can chuck that stuff in the blender. It's something that we've seen him be very comfortable before. And quite frankly, I was surprised he didn't do it tonight and would expect to see more of it in the next game.
1: I don't think we'll see a huge lineup shuffle change. As I mentioned before, maybe Mikheyev gets dropped, and maybe we'll see Pierre Engvall in the mix, just add a little bit more uh, offense no, no, on, on there, the bottom. not huge changes, though.
0: I'm just talking about maybe Marner, Nylander, Flip. Just for a couple shifts here and there, just to see if you can get things moving because it was pretty stagnant tonight. Yeah, or
1: I mean they were experimenting. Who knows if they're actually gonna use it in in you know real game scenario, but the, the all-star game line, you know, obviously last year Babcock was stuck in his ways. He wasn't gonna shuffle much, but Keith is, is more than willing to, to mix it up a little bit. Perhaps we'll see Matthews Tavares and Marner if things go really south.
0: Well, we'll just have to wait and see as for now. The Toronto Maple Leaf's down one nothing in the best-of-five series to the Columbus Blue Jackets, as we said. Game two going on Tuesday night. So hopefully better luck for Sheldon Keefe and his group because Sheldon Keefe's team is going to need it to dig out this hole. I heard a stat during the Oilers broadcast the other day, and I can't remember it verbatim, but it was something to the tune of there's been 56 or 57 best-of-five series in the NHL. The teams who have won the first game, Ended up, up winning the series 48 of the 56 times. So it's pretty damning if you lose game one to be able to come back and win the series after that. And that's the hole that Toronto finds himself in now.
1: And it's even more scary too, Kenny, because if
0: you go down by two games, you're at the point where you're staving off elimination. Three of four. That's what the Maple Leafs need now. Three of four games. If there's one team that's up to the challenge, it's the Leafs. But look for some adjustments from the head coach. And from the big stars, they're going to need them to show up and get more than zero points on the board if they expect to have success in this series. BMAC, always a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully, we'll enjoy the game on Tuesday night a little bit more than this game or the podcast later in the week. Well, it might not be so pretty. Hopefully, this team can pull through with a better effort. Quick start in game two. Quick start in game two. Goal Thank you for listening. Goal five minutes in. Goal five Quick minutes start in. in game you heard two. it here first. This has been Episode 2 of Not Another Leafs Podcast. Thank you for listening on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll catch you next time.